Hey everybody, welcome to Never Too Old for YA. This week we'll be discussing chapters 6 through 10 of Karen M. McManus's novel, You'll Be the Death of Me. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Never the Number Too Old for YA. Engage with us there and let us know what you think of the podcast. This podcast is streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, and Spotify. Hey, Kels. Hey, Mel. So this week, you're going to be leading us a little bit because I'm still really sick and I sound stuffy. So there you go. (laughs) Okay. So in terms of what we read for this week, so Cal, Ivy, and Mateo do get out of the building before the police arrive. Ivy is passed out still from her phobia of needles. So Mateo has to carry her and Mateo leads the three of them to this bar called Garrett's that he works at and it's empty because it's not open yet for the day and the owner's not there yet. So they kind of hide out there to gather their thoughts and figure things out, give Ivy time to wake up. Once everybody's awake and they turn on the news and they realize more of what's going on, the news anchor says the police are on the lookout for a blonde woman who looks like she's in her early 20s, basically kind of matching Ivy's description, thinking that she's in connection with what happened to Boney in the art studio in the abandoned building. How freaked out would you be, Kels, if someone was describing you on the news and you're like, oh my God, I would freak out. I would be like, where's the nearest drugstore? I'm dying my hair. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. I can't imagine being a suspect in a case like that. Yeah, I don't know what I would do, honestly. I'd be freaking out too. And then both guys are just sitting there like, uh, so what do we do now? Except Cal is very sneaky at this point. He's not saying too much, but by not saying too much, he's saying a lot. And so I thought it was weird that all of a sudden he was like, I need to text my ex. I need to text my ex. When really he's not even texting his ex. Boy, is it juicier than that. But proceed, Kelsey. Yeah, so once they get their wits together in the bar, kind of, Cal says that he needs to go and, like, meet up with somebody. And he's being really secretive about who the circumstances of it. So Ivy and Mateo decide to follow him. They follow Cal on the subway or train or whatever. And he gets off and goes to this um, cafe and meets up with someone there. And they sit, like, at another table, like, across the restaurant from him where they can still see him, but he can't see them. And they realize that the woman that he's there meeting is Cal's art teacher. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So he's having an affair with the art teacher who's engaged. And she's engaged to the coach of some sport. I think wrestling or lacrosse or something. I don't remember. And he's one of those teachers that everybody likes. So, like, Ivy and Mateo feel really bad for him, you know, that he's getting played by this woman. They're, like, so, like, they can't believe it. And also another important detail is that the art teacher, Miss Jameson, she has blonde hair, too. And she actually is in her 20s. The art studio that they were at, where Boney was killed, was her art studio. Yeah. Okay, so my question for you is, Put yourself in Cal's shoes, right? Well, what I was doing while I was reading is I was putting myself in everyone's shoes. But 
specifically in Cal's shoes, he's so screwed. He is hiding so much from everybody. Yeah, like Mateo and Ivy found out, but it's different only because, yes, Cal's dating a teacher from his school, but it's like a developing relationship. Like, it's not a physical relationship. I mean, let's just say that, but still, it's a relationship nonetheless. And the fact that they're about to lose everything but then he says, I went over to see if like she was she would give me advice or she would tell me what to do. So then I'm like, OK, so are you looking at her as your girlfriend or are you looking at her as an authoritative figure, like a parent or somebody to tell you what to do? That was weird. But anyways, we do find out that Boney's the one dead, but that's because everyone in school is talking about it. Like, it's already around school. Ivy's friends are texting her and Mateo's friends are texting him. Like, where are you? And they're already pinning this on Ivy. So I'm like, what the heck is going on right now? Because there's so much in these five chapters that I have so many questions on. But last week, when we were giving our predictions, I really thought, um, that Ivy was going to be the person that they needed to control because she was going to go like way off of left field and like freak out. But I feel like she's the only one with like a clear mind right now. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of agree. I was surprised by that too. And then a more minor detail, we get more information on what happened between Mateo and Ivy as far as like the one time that they kissed and then never talked about it again. He actually sent a box of her favorite candy and a note to her house and left it on the porch for her, but she never got it, asking her out on a date to go to a movie with him. And like, she never got the box of candy or the note or anything, you know? And then after that, Mateo just left it alone because he took that as a rejection from her. Like the fact that she never even addressed it or anything. So like, it was, it was just really like a miscommunication between them. You know, and Mateo asked her, like, well, why didn't you say anything? Like, why was it up to me to say everything and, like, tell you how I felt and stuff? Like, she never really brought it up again either. Like, they're both kind of at fault for that. So that was kind of interesting. Also, like, you know how me and you like to have, like, a time period on when this is happening? Yeah. Okay, so in that little section that you're talking about when Mateo and Ivy are talking, she was like, what did the note say? And he was like, I was asking if you wanted to go see um, Infinity Wars. And immediately I was like, yeah, got it, 2018. Because Avengers Infinity War was released on April 27th of 2018. So it's like taking place now. So I love that part. Freaking Wikipedia for Avengers stuff. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Yes. Okay. I knew it was recent, but I didn't know the exact date. I knew it was 2018, but I have Google open in front of me. Okay. So I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you, like, did you just like pull that out of the air or did you know it? (laughs) No, I knew the year. I just didn't know the month or date, but yeah, pretty much. Okay. So I was glad that we got that because I knew there was like cell phones and all that, but I like to know where we're at. So I'm happy that we got that little, that little piece of, 
of time right there. So that was good. Yeah, that helped ground me in the situation too. So yeah, if they were, yeah, it's literally taking place like right around now because if they were, if this would happen in eighth grade, then like that was like five years ago or four years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, they'd be seniors now, so which which they are. So yeah, that's like perfect time period. So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with Cal and Laura, which is Mrs. Jameson's first name. If that relationship continues or if they, like, end it, um, if it gets any deeper, like, if they get in trouble for it, if they get found out. Because now Mateo and Ivy know about it. So are they going to rat him out or not? Or I guess they'd be ratting her out because she's the one, like, instigating stuff. Yeah, but at the point where they're all coming back from seeing Lara, they had like this little fight between Cal and Ivy, basically like blaming one another. Um, And then Cal's just like, hold on, I have this on you. And Ivy's like, don't forget, I have this on you. And I was like, oh, no, they're starting to turn on each other. That is not good. But then Ivy comes out with like, no, she like says the same thing that's going on in my head. Like, we can't do this because then all hell will break loose. And I was like, yes, Ivy, bring it back together. But honestly, everyone has a little something to hide. And I'm really anxious. First of all, okay, we didn't get answers to my questions and my question in last week's episode. What's going on with Autumn? We didn't get an answer yet, so I'm still holding out hope. No, I forgot all about Autumn, honestly, with all this chaos going on between Ivy Mateo and Cal and Boney being murdered and Lara and everything. I forgot all about Autumn and whatever shady crap she's doing. <laughs> it does get a little mention, though. It did get a little mention in this reading um, about Autumn again, but. There's so many more questions I have, and it is blowing my mind. First of all, I would like to say that I love how calm and composed Mateo is, because if we had three characters just going like insane, just like losing all their marbles, I would be like, it would be too chaotic. I'm so glad that Mateo's like that ground. Like that, that like grounding, you know, character that's like, hey, you know, everything's going to be all right. Kumbaya. Because I would hate to see all three of them arguing, not over something so stupid, but knowing that they have to stick together because they really don't understand what's going on. But what gets me is how the heck are they okay and taking Ivy's word for it? Because if it was me, if I were Cal or Mateo and Ivy's sitting there staring at some dead body, you know, and now she's telling me, oh, I didn't see anything. I just, I don't remember anything. I just passed out. I honestly, I don't believe her. I think that she is just, I don't know. I have a feeling that she's hiding something really big. And then not only that, but with the newscaster when he was saying that um, an informant came forward and was or a witness came forward and said something along the lines of like the blonde injected him injected him with what who would have been that close to see something like that happen 
Yeah, and there was nobody else in the building, like, when they went in. So I'm really wondering. Well, there must have been somebody else there at some point, because I don't think that Boney, like, injected himself and then, like, threw the, like, they already made that point of, like, if he injected himself, the, the syringe is way on the other side of the room, like, far away from his body. Like, what, he injected himself and then threw it across the room? So that's really interesting who else was in the building and what were they up to. I would also like to know who this witness is because it was completely empty. And from what Ivy's telling us is nobody was in the building with her that she saw or that she heard. And then she goes, she backtracks a little and is like, oh, well, maybe there was somebody else. Like, I was just following sounds. But what I don't understand is how does she not know what happened because she was staring at him and until she saw the needle, she passed out. So she was up there, I would say, for a good like 10 seconds of the book by herself. So what happened in that time before they got there? Like, what was she thinking? What did she see? Because she must have saw somebody or something. Or else who was telling her or who told the news reporter that someone injected him? So obviously they're trying to rule out or they are ruling out that it wasn't an overdose because someone physically did this to him, like someone else. So that's what like is confusing me because I think that she knows more than what she's leading on. I think so too. She must have seen something. And I don't know if like she just forgot it, like you know, or, like, didn't even really know what she was looking at. Like, maybe she doesn't even know what she saw. Like, maybe it didn't register for her. Or maybe, like you said, she's hiding it. Like, she, you know, she did see something really bad or something really, like, important, and she's just not telling anybody. Right. Okay, so we got the storyline of, like, Cal and Laura and the affair and all that. Um... And Mateo, we got a little bit more of his background. The fact that his dad left them to, air quotes, find himself and go off to be a roadie for a Grateful Dead cover band. I was like, what the heck? (laughs) Where did that even come from? Like, (laughs) I was cracking up. I don't know why. I was just cracking up at the fact that, like, his dad is a roadie especially because his mom is like I picture her as like such a strong woman and like takes care of business and takes care of her family and you know um, moved away from her family because she is from the Bronx right right so she's from the Bronx and all her family and everybody's in New York and she's the only one in Boston and they're constantly trying to get her to move back and she's like, no, this is my foundation. This is where my family is from. This is where I where I started my family. And this is where I want to stay. I just see her as like the strong woman. And then to hear that Mateo's dad is just some random like 40-year-old roadie made me giggle. Yeah, I thought that was super weird too. And it seemed really out of place for the time period for some reason. It did. That's more of like a 80s thing to do, huh? Yeah, or like 70s. Okay, so I want to go back a little bit to when we found out that Laura is talking to Cal. So that's the reason why last week 
we were discussing how Cal didn't, Cal was kind of pushing back and didn't want to be there and was trying to get everybody away from the building um, because of Lara. And Lara is the art teacher. So they would have found out anyways, because Tuesdays are only days off due to like furlough days or something like that. The exact studio that Mahoney was found in is the exact studio that she paints in. So I think that that's why he was freaking out. Well, that's why he was freaking out so bad. So I'm really curious to see what happens there because eventually it's going to get back to that's her office or that's her space. That's where she's been working. And she comes out with this story that like she just like there was a last minute opening for a ceramics class and she decided to do that instead. I don't know. That seems really fishy to me. Yeah, I mean, she has the project to prove it because she sent even sends them a picture of like the bowl or whatever that she made in the class. But still, like that seems really odd. And then the fact that she also matches the description of the woman that they're looking for, like that doesn't make sense to me either. And it's her art studio. I don't know. It's not time for for predictions yet, so I'm not going to get into it. But yeah. I know, but still, like, okay, we're in 2021, 2022 in this book, right? In this day and age, you can get a picture off Google, size it, and then send it. It does not mean that it's your actual photo. It could be from a class you took two years ago. It could be from Google. It it doesn't matter to me the fact that she sent him a picture of the pot or whatever she was doing that's why I'm like more like leaning towards she's got something to do with it Um, but it would be the obvious choice so that also makes me not want to say that but yeah in this day and age we can photoshop crop all of this stuff she's an art teacher she's crafty I don't know but that's just how I feel about that yeah that's a good point she probably would get it off google or something that would be an easy cover up I also like the fact that the author put like this little skit together. Um, it's not like a part of the chapter per se. It's like just a little, I don't know how to describe it, but it's basically like this little um, blog or vlog or whatever you want to call it um, that two of her classmates, not not particularly like her classmates, but like two kids in her grade have this like blog or vlog and they like start reporting on stuff and I just thought it was funny because you're reading it like if it's a play like it tells you like okay and the camera pans left or you know they they duck down I thought that was pretty cool I don't know why I thought it was different I've never read something like that so I like that part yeah it was interesting it's like a um like a school news like YouTube channel or whatever that they have like unofficial it's interesting all the speculations that come out of that too. They're like, oh, you know, Boney Moan, he's dead. And like supposedly like Ivy Sterling killed him or whatever. Like Yeah, because people put two and two together and were like, she's missing, he's missing, now he's dead. Like I knew that was gonna happen. That's the only thing that was predictable within these first two sections that we read, is because he won class president and she like she lost class president to Boney Mahoney and it was only a matter of time that something somebody would piece that together 
And I knew that was going to happen. But still, it was like the whirlwind around it. Just like everybody's in school is like, oh, yeah, she did it. And they're like super sure that it was Ivy. And I, I'm really concerned about Ivy's safety now. And then after all of this, I, I like forgot that we're within the same day um, because I completely forgot about Ivy's parents and how they're flying in for that um, dinner or the award ceremony or whatever. I completely forgot. So now I'm anxious for Ivy. Like, crap, is she going to make it? Like, what's going to happen? She's got like T minus five hours, six hours. How the heck is this going to unfold? Yeah, I had actually kind of forgotten about that, too, because I got so swept up in like what happened to Boney and like them trying to figure out what to do next and stuff. I wonder where she's going to be when her parents get back and if that's going to go off without a hitch or not. Because her parents right now have no idea of anything that's going on because they're on a six-hour flight from San Francisco to Boston. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Kels, tell me, what did you think about this section? Was it better than the first one? Like, what are your thoughts? Let me know. I feel like it was better, but I still feel like it's unfolding pretty slowly. And I feel like I can predict all the way to the end of the book at least one thing. But like I said, we're not at the predictions point yet, so I'm not going to go into it yet. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, I don't know. I feel like you're judging this book too harshly, and I'm upset about it, Kelsey. I'm really enjoying this book, and it's taking everything out of me not to finish reading it, especially because we left off on like a really good note. So let me just read you the last couple of sentences that we get um, out of this section that we read. It says, he manages an almost smile at the train breaks sequel. Just promise me one thing, okay? No more surprises. Then Ivy says, absolutely. And then she breaks into her head voice and says, I've already broken that promise, but we'll deal with that later. I need to know what happens next. Can we like finish this episode so that I can keep reading? I need to know what's happening. How did she break a promise already? Like Exactly. That doesn't make any sense to me. Because she's hiding something that she hasn't told them yet. That's why she broke the promise already. So what is she hiding? That's the big cliffhanger. Are we reading the same book, ma'am? Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think it's just not my type really that much. And I don't know. I mean, I'm getting back into reading from not reading for years, like for enjoyment. So I don't know. I think maybe I'm just kind of rusty on what makes a good story and what doesn't. I don't know. Also, because you're a writer, I feel, and like you're very critical of others' writing. That's true. And I think that's what it is for you. But. Come on, man. We are a YA book podcast. You better like something out of this book or I'm going to be very upset with you. But I do. Like the, I do, though. The characters are interesting and like the plot is interesting. I just feel like it's unfolding very slowly. I'm going to make this my mission in life. I need to find a book that we're going to read in this podcast that Kelsey will give five stars to. That is my mission. If anybody has any recommendations 
for YA novels that we can try to get Kelsey to rate five stars, please let me know. That's my goal for 2022. (laughs) And okay, and another thing, speaking to the type of books that we've been reading so far, in the next one or the next, after like another book or two, can we have a book where nobody dies? Those are no fun. Every book we've read so far, somebody's died. In How to Make Friends with the Dark, Tiger's mom dies. In A Sudden Silence, Bri dies. In You'll Be the Death of Me, Boney Mahoney dies. Like, man, what is all with all this death? Like, shoot. I know, but okay, so are you telling me we can read a romance? No. An enemies to lovers? Or a friends to lovers? Oh my goodness. Yes, that's exactly what you said to me right now. I'm holding you to that. Yes. Oh boy. You don't like reading horror. No. So I'm really curious on what you're going to pick next then. Because so you don't want anyone to die in this book. This next book that we read for the podcast, you're going to have to pick it. So that's going to be on you. <laughs> we'll see. And plus, I love mysteries. But you're right. Not everybody wants to read a mystery. And we can't just read mysteries because this is the second mystery book in a row. All right. Well, I don't know what we're going to read next, honestly. But that's that's for a whole nother episode. Sorry. That's for a whole nother episode. But yeah, any suggestions, please. We would love to hear them. So now we're in the part of the show where we give our predictions. And I know you have you have a good one. I was waiting to hear yours, so go ahead. Well, I don't know how good it actually is because it's probably one of the most obvious possible plots that could happen. I'm thinking that Lara killed Bony. It's her studio. She's blonde. She's in her 20s. She's being shady as hell. She's having an affair with Cal, her student. I don't know. It just all fits together for me. I don't think it was Ivy. I don't think she's that upset about losing student council, the student council race um, to Boney Mahoney. Like, I don't think she would kill him like that. She's definitely not going to inject him with something because she's afraid of needles. Like, so what? She freaking grabs the syringe and injects him like with her eyes closed so she doesn't have to see the needle. Like, that makes no sense. What are your predictions for the next section? I'm hoping that we'll find out what Autumn is doing, because something seems off there. We all know I'm ready for that reveal. (laughs) 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 Um, I want to see what happens with um, Ivy and her parents and the award ceremony, if that all goes smoothly or not. I have a feeling it's not going to. Yeah, I feel like... Since she feels so less, much less than her brother, like, because he's so gifted and talented and everything and, like, super smart, I feel like he's going to kind of come to the rescue with them on the on the, the award ceremony and stuff. And it's just going to be another example of her falling short. I think that's what's going to happen. I want to see the next part of Lara and Cal's relationship, if that bursts into flames or... If they get found out um, by other people other than Ivy and Mateo, if Ivy and Mateo should keep their mouth shut about what they saw of them, like holding hands and stuff. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers all the bases for like 
the stuff that that could be coming up in the next few chapters. What are your predictions? My prediction. Okay, yes, we are going to find out what happens with Autumn. Two, I want to piggyback off of your idea. It's not going to end well for Ivy's mom's ceremony. So that's going to be interesting on what's going to happen with that. But I am going to contradict you in your Lara killed Mahoney. Ready? This is what I think happened. I think that Coach found out that Lara and Cal are like having this affair. And he was in the room waiting for Cal. And so instead of Cal, Mahoney walks in there. He's thinking, oh, okay, it's probably Mahoney then. Bam, injects him. Who walks out of the room? Laura, because she's like, oh my goodness, my future husband just killed my lover. And then she's like running out. And then that's when someone says, oh, I witnessed this. I know it's way out of left field, but that's like what's going on in my head right now. I really think that that's what happened so far. That's my prediction. Okay. So your prediction right now with the Laura and Boney thing actually reminded me of a prediction that I had when I was reading that I forgot to mention earlier. I wonder if Cal is not the only student that she's been leading on. Ooh, I like that. I mean, I don't like that, like, at all, but that's interesting. I didn't think of that. Because I mean, why else would Boney Mahoney be there? Like, why would he even know that she has an art studio in Boston? That's true, but why would she be like, okay, come over, when she knows Cal also comes on? Well, I guess he doesn't come on Tuesdays, but, like, that would be too risky, right? To have multiple students and then say, hey come on Tuesday and then they like all 15,000 of them show up like that's really too risky well but she canceled on him remember (laughs) it was revealed that they were gonna have breakfast together that morning and she canceled you're right I totally forgot about that you're right yeah that's crazy I didn't think about that at all but you're right okay now I'm really excited now I need to know what's going on Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Never Too Old for YA. Next week, we'll be reading chapters 11 through 15. So if you'd like to read along, let us know your predictions. How are you liking the book so far if you're reading along? No spoilers, please. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Never the Number Too Old for YA. And we're streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Until next time, bye!